Coming up on the Front Page Football Podcast, we've got a special edition, a special interview today to feature on the podcast. Jeremy McGon, our French correspondent, as I like to call him, he sat down with Ross Aloisi recently to get some insight into how he is adapting to his role with Yokohama F. Marinos as an assistant coach. Of course, joined a few months ago now and uh, has been really on the grind there uh, with Kevin Musket in Japan. They've uh, been really uh, super under the pump with a lot of fixtures. There was the Asian Champions League group stage, uh, of course, done in in the hub this year as well with COVID. And uh, you, you'll get a sense on the interview. It was uh, quite crazy, uh, particularly as someone just coming into the role straight off the bat. So uh, very interesting to get Ross's thoughts on that. But uh, yeah, Yokohama in general as well, been in some fantastic form. They've won their last six matches in a row in the league. They're top uh, four points clear with the game in hand, which uh, they actually play tonight as well against uh, Cerezo Osaka away from home too. So we'll be interesting to see if uh, Kevin and Ross, the Oz coaching team over there, can keep things up uh, moving in the in the forward direction and keep this momentum up because uh, another title for Yokohama under an Australian manager again be a sense of deja vu, of course, under after uh, Ange Postacoglu delivered that title uh, for them, of course, a few years ago now too. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, we are going to throw to Jeremy for this podcast. I will not be featured on this podcast. My sincerest apologies if you did click on this to listen to me. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to disappoint you, unfortunately, uh, tonight. So yeah, without further ado, my name is Christian Marchetti. I usually host, not tonight, and uh, we'll be back right after this with Jeremy and Ross. Hi everyone and welcome to this pretty special episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. The name is Jeremy Magan and today I'm interviewing, well, uh, I guess a specialized guest, former uh, Socceroo and now assistant manager at the Yokohama Farm F Marinos, Ross Aloisi. How are you, Ross? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much uh, for uh, for you know giving us some of your time and for accepting to uh, un- answer a few questions. Um, I-, I guess the first question is uh, how's Japan? You've been here a few months now. Uh, how are you enjoying the life uh, in the Nippon country? Yeah, I've been here almost three months now, and I'm enjoying uh, quite a bit. Apart from all um, the the cultures are actually different. The food's incredible. I'm always looking forward to lunch at the at the stadium. We- treated very well uh, but yeah, apart from that it's it's been great you I, I think obviously the accent gives it I, i'm french i think we need to put something away straight away you are uh, you are known in one part of my country having won the uh, lorient shirt for uh, for a couple of seasons and you've played with some uh, local legend french people who listen would li- would know arnaud leland or stefan pedron patrice loco who's, who's definitely one of the legends there um ripoll who's now the coach of uh, France under 21. Um, how was living in, in Brittany? Do you miss the, the Hakes? Food was right over there as well, wasn't it? Yeah, football's incredible. It's the best, I'd say, I'd go as far to say that is the best football uh, country that I was involved in as a player, um, as far as 
technical uh, ability went. Uh, it's very similar. Japan is very similar to France. The game mm -hmm. is very fast, uh, very technical, and everyone here can play. It was the same in France. Um, everyone uh, was was very good on the ball, and the players that you mentioned, uh, Yannick Fischer came from Marseille. Mm -hmm. uh, Stefan Ripoll was our captain, um, who played in the same position as me. Um, and a very good guy, Patrice Loco was. He came halfway through the the first season, uh, and I, for some reason, I had a very good relationship with him. He took a liking to me for some reason, and um, I, my French was was okay. I could understand quite a bit, but speaking was difficult, and his English was zero. <laughs> <laughs> so we had some uh, interesting conversations. Um, and uh, Arnaud Lelan, he was a, a young player coming through at the time. Probably my uh, biggest regret in my football career was I signed four years with Lorient and I stayed one and a bit because uh, I wasn't really playing at the time um, and I wish I had some better advice in that period because it was probably the best I was technically as a footballer because of the training that we did mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I wish that I stayed because when you sign for a club for four years Maybe you play at the start, maybe you don't. In my case, I didn't. Um, my my uh, one appearance was against Lyon at home. Um, but the second year, generally, you play. The third year, you should be playing a lot. And then the fourth year, they try and sell you. <laughs> yeah. And that was the <laughs> I got later in my career. Um, and that was the one regret that, that I did have because if I'd have stayed there, I think that, uh, I would have probably had a better career than than what I ended up having anyway. So, um, but I was very grateful to be involved with uh, probably one of the best coaches I had ever had in Christian Gokuf. Um, Legend, was a, yeah, amazing coach. Um, taught me a few lessons, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> yeah, the worst worst coach to have. He is uh, definitely a legend in France, Christian Gorkuf, and obviously everybody knows his son now uh, yes. since he won everything with Bordeaux and, and play at Milan as well. Uh, but yeah, when, when everybody was asking me every time if I know any Australian players who are in France, there's, I know, a couple that have won uh, league and jersey and, and your name always uh, comes back and I always say, you know, maybe you guys don't know him because he didn't play a lot, but in yeah. the team that he was playing, it was not um, it was not the bad lawyer team that had, might have happened a bit later. It was some, some real names there. Uh, anyway, that was the, the French uh, parenthesis. We could, we could talk a lot about those players that you mentioned. Um, let's, let's start by congratulating you, of course, on, on your nomination and your excellent debuts with uh, Kev Muscat uh, at, the, at Yokohama. Uh, it's a brilliant season. You came in in the middle of the, uh, the Champions League. Uh, you guys qualified for the next round. You're top of the league. You're, you're the best attack uh, by a margin, sc scoring again uh, for this weekend, as we were saying offline. Um, two months after your appointment, you, you mentioned the difference um, of, of football culture, I guess is probably the, the best thing to say, uh, with, with Australia. What, what are the main things, I guess, that are, that are different for you in, in that Japanese culture regarding football? Um, the technical, technical ability is definitely one. Uh, physical ability is definitely up there as well um, they do the players are capable of doing a lot more uh, here in Japan than than I'd say in Australia but that that is due to junior football training uh, that 
some teams have no days off and I for the first two months that I was here we actually didn't have a day off so I landed I think it was Friday morning uh, at six o'clock in the morning I went straight to training I was there by 9 15 for the team meeting was involved in the training session uh, the following day the team uh, or that that afternoon that the team went to Kashima who were top of the table uh, we'd never so we being Yokohama Marinos had never beaten uh, Kashima for for 10 years in Kashima um, my next session was a Saturday morning with a non-playing group uh, and I took that on my own obviously with wow. the training <laughs> because <laughs> the coaching staff um, had to go to Kashima and then I drove to Kashima uh, we we beat them for the first time in 10 years uh, away from home and then we came back uh, we had the rest of the, the Sunday off and then the Monday night we flew out for the Asian Champions League in in uh, Vietnam so it was it was crazy that whole period um, the, the way the players trained, what they do in training, the, the way the training sessions are, are conducted, it's high intensity all the time. Um, and their, their tactical awareness, I'd say, is better than, than uh, the Australian players. And I'm talking in general, not all, um, because of their upbringing. And they train very, very hard as juniors. Um, and which gives them the ability to be able to go for a longer period of time um, at a higher intensity. And, and it shows with the national team uh, when, when Australian teams play against the Japanese sides as well. Um, so that, that, that's the biggest difference. Uh, probably for the, the, sec uh, the third month that I've been here, um, training sessions have been different because we were playing, it was like Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. So mm -hmm. there was, it was constant. Um, but then we had uh, Saturday to Saturday game and I, I really saw the intensity lift in the training sessions um, because we were, we were able to, to train for a longer period of time. So they're the main things. Um, players don't complain. I don't know if it's just our team, um, but they do the work. Uh, Kevin Musket has got a way of... of um, he's very charismatic and he's got a way of of getting people to to follow what he wants and and it's 100 percent all the time and there's no there's no compromise and that's also with the coaching staff as well um they're the biggest differences and the, the professionalism within the players the, the amount of ip work so um injury prevention work they do before and after training is incredible they they would be there from training some players from 7.30 until say five o'clock. So th that's the biggest difference here that I've, that I've found here in, in uh, Japan compared to Australia. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it, you joined the team um, at the very beginning of the AFC Champions League. How was that for the start? I mean, of course, it's probably a bit easier to, to join when the team is winning, uh, but having to be the assistant coach in a new team scouting and looking at teams that you probably are not going to face anymore afterwards how did you feel the the beginning of your adventure with the marinos went um the beginning was was uh, very difficult to be totally honest because i was out of my comfort zone because things are done very differently um at, at marinos um so it was it was difficult because we had game after game after game so i think it was a game every three three days whatever it was um 
And I, I won't forget the second game we played. So the first game we won, the second game we played um, John Bull. Mm-hmm. And we lost 1-0. And we shouldn't have lost. We, we actually should have won the game. We had, we had more chances and whatnot. And it was a very, very uncomfortable feeling. Um, because there's everyone there. There's the, the, the football directors. Um, there's all the staff. And it was, it was something that I hadn't experienced before as a coach. Um, but so the, the pressure was on to obviously to qualify and to finish top was very important for the club as well. Uh, the club are owned by Nissan. Uh, Nissan have um, obviously a big say in, in what happens uh, within the club. So um, it was very important and, and it was a, it was very uh, rewarding to do so much work because it, it, the, the, the day started I'd say at 7.30 and it wouldn't finish until 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, depending on what we had to do with the analysis and whatnot. So, and there's a lot of uh, in-depth analysis that goes on. We've got three analysts at the club. Plus there's uh, the other assistants, uh, myself and Kevin, who also do uh, the analysis on top of all of that. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. That's awesome. Uh, you, you mentioned that um, Nissan obviously has a, a lot of say. Um, it's also, the Yokohama are also part of the City Football Group. Um, do, you, do you see a little bit of that influence? Obviously, it's not like the other City Football Group clubs because it's not fully owned by the City Football Group. Yeah. But do you see that influence maybe in the winning mentality or, or maybe in the tactics um, from, from that worldwide group? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I, I see it. It's definitely somewhere there. Um, but it's not, it's, I wouldn't say that it's in your face, but the winning mentality, yes. Yes, it's all about, uh, actually, I was about to say it's all about winning. It's not all about winning. It's about winning um, and playing good football here. And and that's very important to the club, to the uh, sports directors, to Kevin. Uh, we play a certain brand of football and uh, a brand of football that I absolutely adore. Um, you know, people talk about, Um, possession-based teams. If you ask any Sydney FC player that was at that tournament, um, I know because they they spoke to me about it, how how highly, especially Ninkovic, how highly he regarded the football that we played Uh, and not just that we we finished top and that we won, but the football that we played and that. And that's, you know, obviously uh, Kevin's carried on um, from Ange. Ange played a certain brand of football. Kevin has uh, put his, his stamp on, on the football that's played at the Marinos and it's very important for the club that they that we win, but we play by playing a certain brand of football and it's an attacking brand, very aggressive, high pressure, high pressing, um, you know, without the ball and, and obviously possession-based uh, football and scoring lots of goals uh, with the ball. Just with Ange and Kevin, um, is it, now that you've been in the club for two, three months, is there something that they really enjoy Australian coaches or, or was it the, the opportunity that Kevin was free? Where do you think that comes from? I'm not 100% sure with Kevin. Um, obviously, they they knew what he had done in Australia. Um, he had worked with Ange as well, which was which was obviously a bonus uh, for Kevin. But um, I, I'm sure he went through an interview process, uh, just like I did. I had to go through an interview process um, uh, when when I was uh, asked if I was interested, um, and I, I'm not sure if people appreciate Kevin Musket, the football coach, uh, the, the person that he is, 
Um, I've known Kevin for a long, long time. We played the Olympic team together. I know what type of person he is. People um, don't judge him here in Japan like they would judge him in Australia because they don't they don't really remember him as a as a, a player. Um, but they look at him as a football coach. He's a very um, calm football coach and knows exactly what he wants. And and the more I work with him, and I can understand why the club appointed him. Um, he's he's that type of person that that thinks constantly and and is trying to improve and and make his coaches better, uh, the players better. That's that's why you know you feel out out you know out of your comfort zone. Um, because I don't know if genius is the right word to use, but I, I, uh, I would say he's, he's one of those people that's like a genius, that, that's constantly thinking and thinking of things that others wouldn't be thinking about. So, and he's forever implementing different things um, and to make the football better. And, and so that I, I'm, I'm sure that's the reason why they looked at him and they said, yeah, he's the man for, for Marinos. Yeah, and I think you, yeah, obviously you say in Australia, maybe the way um, Kevin Muscat is, is remembered is not always the, the best way, and that, and that probably gets in the way. I mean, there's a there's a, a saying in France that says that you can't be a, a prophet in your own country. Uh, I think probably Ange and Kevin are two good, good examples of that, even though they are successful uh, when they were in Australia. Um, somehow they don't have the respect that probably they, uh, they, they deserve back here. Uh, but back to the to that team, uh, the Marinos, of course, there's there's... Albert Marcos Jr., Sierra, the, the Brazilian players, but there's also, you mentioned it in an interview with Up to Sport, uh, Nakagawa, the, the keeper Takaoka, um, Ryota Koike, who's having a, a pretty solid season, two, two in a row actually right now. Yeah. A lot of youngsters coming up the rank as well. It's just a, a lot of talent um, at Yokohama and a pretty deep talent pool because there's a lot of rotation in, in the squad as well. Um, how do you explain that? <laughs> It's a good signing of uh, of players, that's for sure, especially with the Brazilians. Um, and I watched a lot, uh, the Marinos a lot when Ains was coaching, and I definitely watched a lot when, when Kevin was coaching, when he started as well. And before I came here, I think it was seven, six or seven games um, that I watched every single game. And, and you know, the, the likes of Nakagawa, um, Yohei, the goalkeeper, you know, these players stand out. Um, on the field, uh, the Brazilians, uh, the players that you mentioned, uh, Rio, um, but we have Joel. Uh, I can't remember their surnames because we call them. <laughs> but we have Joel, who's the under 21 uh, national team captain uh, mm -hmm. playing in the midfield. Uh, our captain is, is a midfielder, uh, Kibo. Um, then you have uh, Rico, and uh, I think he was the captain of the under 18 national team that played in Toulouse or Toulon. The tournament not long ago. Yeah, you could have So there's so many uh, good players coming through, um, but they do a lot of extra work, and and that's part of my role at the club as well. Uh, is uh, individual development program, which players um, doing extra work, whether it's uh, structural or, or um, individualized, or it's a conditioning session uh, to do with uh, their position. So. Position specific conditioning, um, and I work closely with, with Sean Ontong and and, um, and Greg King uh, on this. So the players are constantly doing work, and and we're trying to better these players. But you know, I think when you play in a team that has um, very good structure, 
uh, in and out of possession and a very good it's very simple for the players to understand the way we want to play and yes that makes the players into better players and so yeah, partly the coaching staff partly the their their upbringing but there's there's so many good players in this group um that i, I actually love working with them really do it, it it does sound like it. Um, what what other teams in the few months that you've been there have impressed you in in the J League? Definitely, uh, Kashima, uh, strong team, um, big club, a lot of money, and uh, big players. You know, there's we say there's a lot of talent in our squad, but there's a lot of lot of teams here that have a lot of talent. Um, you know, you, Kawasaki Frontale, another big club. Uh, team that's been doing well for the past six, seven years. Um, but <laughs> I know I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I think we play the best football in the league. <laughs> I, I really enjoy watching uh, our team play, especially when we play to our to our strengths. Um, and it goes to show here that if you're not at your best week in, week out, you can lose against anyone because the other week we lost uh, in, in a cup game and we didn't play poorly. Yeah. We just didn't take our chances and then all of a sudden uh, one shot against you that goes in um, and then you're, you're chasing a game. So you have to be at your best every single week. But yeah, probably the, 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 the other team that, that scares me the most is uh, Kashima Antlers. There is quite a few Brazilians um, in the league. Uh, there's there's Matteo Savio, there's um, Leandro Damiao at, at Kawasaki as well. Um, how do you understand where that comes from? Is that just, it's not that far, there's, there's easy permits to get? Um, it probably started from Zico uh, in the early days when he came to, to Japan and, and there was a big influence on, um, uh, he was a big influence on on uh, Japanese football. Now, I could be wrong in saying this, but I don't think I am, but I could be. Uh, I know Japan had a 50-year plan. I've spoken to them about this. Uh, they sent a lot of players to Brazil. Uh, they had a lot of coaches come over from Brazil because obviously they, they uh, like Australia did, uh, we had a heavy Dutch influence in Australia for a long period of time. Uh, Japanese went Brazilian. And there's so many good players in Brazil um, that that uh, are happy to come to to Japan and play and and such good players. I mean, you you mentioned Matteo Savio, who uh, played against us on the weekend. Um, what a player! Like, phenomenal. Yeah. He uh, we played that well um, that we stopped him from playing his best, and we played ours, um, which was good. And yeah, there's a lot of Brazilians here, a lot, and a very very good Brazilians as well. And obviously, it helps the uh, the local player as well, like you are mentioning, um, improving. Obviously, being in touch with so many different type types of football at training and in the game, right? Absolutely. And when you're around players, good players, uh, you pick up uh, good habits. And and I've got to say that the Brazilians that we've got here are very professional. You know, I've I've played with some Brazilians uh, in the past, and I some were professional, some weren't so much. But here. I think maybe the culture as well. They they uh, have fallen into the, the Japanese culture. But you know, if you look at um, Marcos Junior, for example, um, you'd probably think that he was one you know crazy guy that that just went out and played. And and what maybe that was just me thinking. <laughs> I don't know when I first saw him play. <laughs> but watching him here in training, they're very professional. Before training, after training, 
Um, it's it, it, it's probably the modern day footballer, and also um, if you want to be at your best, and they know that they have to work hard, and and they do. Yeah, the, probably when you're going to a club who's always winning, you probably understand quickly that either you are uh, you follow everybody else's rhythm, or maybe that that's not the club for you. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Coming back, I guess, to you uh, personally, um, what, why did you choose to go to Marinos to start with, to, to I guess, apply or go through the um, all the interviews, etc.? What was it? Because Kevin was there. Um, did, did the City Football Group weigh in that choice? No, it was Kevin uh, contacted me um, because there's such a big squad. There's 30-something players um and he needed another assistant coach he couldn't bring one in at the beginning because they, were, they weren't allowing uh, anyone to come into the country um but as soon as the borders opened uh, he called me up and asked if i was interested and absolutely you know, it was one of the biggest clubs in in asia um with a great history in japan as well and and the opportunity to work with kevin and, and learn i didn't realize how much i was going to learn under him um i knew i was going to learn a lot Um, but I didn't realize how much and I'm, I'm very pleased that uh, that I am because I, uh, working under him and, and you know with Sean Ontong and, and the other Japanese coaches it's it's a, a great learning experience um, and it just adds to what I already know because you're forever learning um, so working with Kevin coming to to, to work with the Marinos um, you know, Connor was a no-brainer um, But very, very difficult for me to leave Adelaide as well because, you know, we were at the business end of the season. I think there were six games to go. Um, and you know, doing a lot of work with, with that group of players, especially the young players, but also, the, you know, the Spanish boys. And we had Hiroshi Ibasuki, the, the Japanese player. And it was funny when he found out and he came to me and said, you're going to Marinos? And I said, oh, I don't know. And he said, you're going to Marinos. I know you're going to Marinos. And uh, he said, you have to go. I don't want you to go, but you have to go. And yeah, so the, the, the interview process was, was uh, very difficult and different uh, as well. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all a great learning experience. And, and yeah, for me, it was a no-brainer to come and work with Kevin or under Kevin. Was there, a, I guess, a bit of that extra challenge to join when the season had already started? Yeah, it's always difficult because everyone is used to what they're doing. Um, so in saying how hard it was to leave Adelaide United and the playing group and, and Carl Viet, it was also difficult to come in because, you know, you're a new person. They have to get to know you. You have to get to know. So we've got 30 plus players. We've also got 30 plus staff. <laughs> and that's day to day. And it's, it, yeah, it was a challenge. I, I didn't see it as much as a challenge, more as um, a great opportunity to to learn and to work in a professional environment, which I knew um, was far superior to a lot of others uh, for various different reasons. So, uh, like I said, to work for Marinos, Yokohama Marinos, is, uh, was, was a dream, um, but to work under Kevin Musket was, was also, um, you know, that, that was probably the biggest influence to work under Kevin. Yeah, I bet. You, you, you're touching on it a few times now. The, the structure at the club is probably one of one of the biggest in, in Asia. Um, obviously, you've coached um, both men and women in Australia and, and 
we're not at the same level of professionalism that that it is in in Japan. You have been assistant coach in, in the A League as well. Um, it would, would, how hard would it be for you to go back to a club who doesn't have that structure, the amount of analysts, the amount of work put in 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 behind the scene? Uh, it it would be difficult because you would like to implement. Um, what you've learnt and and you understand so uh, playing in Europe you understand the professionalism in in different countries um, you know compared to France Italy uh, Belgium Switzerland you know, there, there's all different uh, you know, styles of play so and it's the same here but if 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 I had to go back to Australia to implement uh, what I've learnt over here it would be very difficult. But in saying that, I've worked at clubs with limited resources. Um, when I was with the Matildas, the 2015 World Cup as uh, Alan Stadjic's assistant, um, we also had limited resources. We didn't have the resources that they have now. So they were all learning experiences. Um, and you have to learn to adapt and be as professional as you can when that, within that environment. So to, to come back and change things, um, obviously there's a lot, a lot of money here. Uh, in Japan, uh, to, to implement all those all those structures within within the club, uh, the coaching staff, the and the playing group, uh, but you'd have to adapt. Um, but I'm I'm very very happy with where I'm at. Um, I hope to stay with Kevin as long as I can um, because I I love working under him. He's the type of person that pushes you every single day, every single minute of the training session, and making sure that the players are upbeat. Um, you know, positive reinforcement is something that I believe in, and and uh, this surprisingly enough, uh, Kevin does as well. Um, so it, it makes things easier. Um, but yeah, I, I to answer your question, it would be very difficult to implement what they have here, uh, and and I'm sure, like I, I know I'm repeating myself, but if you spoke to the Sydney FC players and the Sydney SC staff that were at the uh, Asian Champions League tournament in, in Vietnam, because we stayed in the same hotel, they'll tell you um, what a difference it was between the two two clubs. Um, I think they had 30 plus uh, staff and players together. We had 60 plus. Wow. So there's, there's a big difference, yeah. Defend your investment, uh, investment for sure as well. Is 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 your career plan to try and and I guess remain an assistant coach uh, under some of the biggest coach because it, it's um, it's a, it's a career like another or or are you thinking somewhere you're learning so much from so many different influences? You, you mentioned uh, Alan Stajic. Um, now you're with Kev, of course. You were with Carl Virt before. Do you see yourself eventually taking on a head coach role, or it'll, it'll just depend on the opportunity? Um. So, the first, oh, the first I was with Alan Stadjic, um and then with my brother John at Brisbane Roar, and you know we had some really good success there. I think people forget the first, the first season, uh, and I learnt a lot off of my brother, uh, a lot. There was a lot of structures that I, I learnt uh, how to implement in training sessions. Um, so I'm learning a lot off of, of all the coaches, Carl Veard as well, um, and. Yeah, maybe one day I would like to be a head coach. I mean, I definitely I was thinking that in Adelaide um, that eventually I'd want to go on and, and be a head coach myself because I was a head coach before that anyway. Um, but I'm happy with where I'm at at the moment. And I know I'm prepared to become a head coach, 
and I knew that before I came here, but coming here and and like I said, if if I can stay with Kevin Musket for a long period of time, I'm more than happy because I know that he wants to keep evolving. He has evolved as a coach. Um, he pushes you to be better, um, and that that excites me because my character is I can become bored if I'm not challenged, if I'm not, uh, if there's no motivation there. And then there's definitely challenges every single day. Um, so definitely ready to become a head coach, but I, I want to stay with, with Kevin as long as I can. Um, now if, if that meant for the rest of my career, well then so be it, you know, that'd be fantastic. But I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say what's going to happen in the future either. You obviously you see eye to eye with with Kevin Muscat and that help as far as the the football style that you like to play. Does that align exactly as well with with Kevin's idea or with Ange's idea? I feel like people probably know obviously more about Ange's football idea because they haven't seen Kevin coaching yeah. enough. But seeing the Yokohama playing under both coaches, I see a lot of similarities. Um, is that also the football that you like to play? That position football, the high press. Um, obviously, poor scoring. Yes, there's there's other things that I enjoy in football as well, um, and I've, for some I don't even know why, but I enjoy the the defensive tactical structure side, um, whether it's in the back third, mid third, or front third, uh, where we don't very very rarely sit in the mid block. We're we're all about pressing, um, and I've learned different ways to press here because we change our ways to press uh, with Kevin um, but definitely in possession is is I love it. it it it's the football that I want to play um, if I was a coach if I, if I was a head coach I probably wouldn't be playing this football because I wasn't um, privy to how to to work within those structures in within a training session uh, it's definitely not off the cuff um, but it's it's uh, unpredictable as well And I'm not going to go into our tactical uh, side of things. <laughs> I don't want to let people know uh, what we do. But I had a, we scored a goal off of a press the other day, but it was a defensive mistake. Uh, central defender made a mistake for uh, Kashua. Um, so for the average person watching the game on TV, it would look like it was a mistake from from the defender. But it was it was um, very well structured because we actually worked on it during the week. Um, the way we pressed, but we changed it a little bit, uh, which um, Kevin said we wanted to put the opposition under stress, uh, which we did from our winger, then from our striker, and the opposite winger was in is in the perfect position to put the player under stress. And he, because he felt that pressure, um, he had a bad touch, and then we went on to to score the goal from from that. But there was a lot more to it. It wasn't just that the guy had a bad touch. So I love the football that we play. Um, I hope that we're going to win uh, a lot of, uh, or have a lot of success with winning here. But it definitely, it, as a coach, and I said to my brother uh, just before his grand final, I said, I love the football that we play. Uh, if, it, Like I said, I'm repeating myself, if I was a head coach without having come here, I probably wouldn't be able to play the football that, that we play here. Um, but I definitely would now. How uh, you're talking about your brother? Um, how was that talking to him before the grand final, and of course after and and uh, seeing your little brother um, achieving success at West United? 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I was so happy for him. Uh, speaking to him, uh, I spoke to him after the semi-final because I got to watch it uh, here, and I was happy for him because I know what he went through. Um, you know, especially at Brisbane Raw because that first season uh, we were one game off and we drew the game in Melbourne against Melbourne Victory. But if we'd won that game, we would have finished top. Uh, we went to the to the semi-final, got to the semi-final against West Sydney Wanderers. We were winning 3-0, 3-1 at half-time. Then it was 3-3, then it was 4-3, then 4-4, and then we ended up losing 5-4 in extra time. And the second year, we made the finals again. We made the, I think it was the semi-final. The third year uh, was very, very difficult. People only remember that last season that we finished sixth and still made the finals. John ended up uh, leaving um in the early part of the following season. So when he went to Western United, I saw, you know, people saying that, you know, it wasn't a good decision, but I knew how good John was. Um, but he changed his way of playing this year as well um, because he knew uh, and, and uh, that he needed success. So he changed tactically. And I was, I was really, really happy for him um, and Hayden Fox uh, because, you know, I, I knew what, what they'd been going through and, and how hard it is to actually coach in the A-League as well. Um, and for him to win, I didn't speak to him for over a week after he won because he was, I don't know what he was doing. He <laughs> 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 was a busy party, but uh, it, I was very, very happy for him. Very, very pleased. Just reflecting on your previous experience before you left um, Adelaide, of course, a successful season as well uh, over there United with uh, with Calvert. You said that it was hard to leave. Um, obviously, being in um, Adelaide, born and bred, it probably was was pretty special. Did you hesitate at any point? Although you mentioned how great it was to to go in and join Kevin. Um, it wasn't. <laughs> I, it wasn't that I hesitated. It was. I had a. I've been friends with Carl for a long time. Uh, we played together at Adelaide City back in the old NSL. Um, played together, obviously, at Adelaide United for, for three seasons. Um, so we had a very good relationship. And I think the culture that we created uh, together um, was something special within that playing group. And the playing group itself, it was hard for me to leave Calviet, it was hard for me to leave Adelaide United because, um, you know, from starting from Pete Vanderpol to from uh, Nathan Cosmina, right through the club, I had a, a, an amazing relationship with everyone in the office, uh, the playing group, the coaching staff. That was the hardest for me, um, and the the especially the players. I I don't know what it is. I don't know uh, whether it's, I, I just don't know, but I had a, an amazing relationship with that group. And that was the hardest, you know, for me to tell that playing group, maybe because, you know, some of the things that we went through with Josh Cavallo and, um, you know, various other players, but, you know, there wasn't one player in that team that, that I that I thought, you know, wasn't a good person. They were all good people and the Spanish boys were, were incredible for that group. And then you've got Craig Goodwin and, and Ryan Kiddo and, um, you know, even Joe Gauchi after, you know, these are South Australian born and bred and, and proud South Australians like I am as well. So it was hard. 
very, very hard. But in saying that, it was something that, that I couldn't turn down. It was impossible um, to turn down. So, yeah, it was. I had, a, I had an amazing time and, and was very, very sad to leave. Um, you know, it's very rare that you get along really well with, with, with uh, people within, inside the office because you don't see them day to day. But, you know, with Adelaide United, we kind of did. Um, you know, match day, just had a special relationship with everyone. So it was tough. Um, I'd definitely love to go back one day and, 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 you know, I've actually seen what they do here with juniors um, as well and, and maybe implement, I don't know, later on down the track, um, you know, something different that, because we, we do cr uh, produce a lot of good young South Australian footballers as well. And, you know, we take a lot of pride in that um, and we have done for, for many years. So, yeah, it, w it was tough, really hard. Yeah, but yeah, you, you seem that you or somebody also get invested um, in, into your groups, which is an awesome quality to have as a, as a leader. So I can imagine how, how hard it was. Um, your role as an assistant coach under Carl Wirt and, and under... Kev Muscat, does it change much? Um, you know, we've seen you being very hands-on than at Adelaide United. You said that uh, with Yokohama when you started, you were doing the, the non-playing group. Um, can you? I guess it's a it's a role that's probably a bit unknown, right, from the for the public. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, so my role with Adelaide United is completely different to what I did here because it was uh, Cal Viet and myself and Ayrton Andrioli, who was kind of a second assistant, but. Um, more with the youth team. Uh, here, I'm, I am in charge of, along with Anoma Zuriyo-san, <laughs> one of the Japanese assistants, uh, who's had a lot of a lot of experience, so he's got a lot of knowledge. We're in charge of the non-playing group, so players, if you don't play um, on the Saturday, uh, and that could be some of the Brazilians or players coming back from injury, they're training that morning, so the day of the game, so there's no days off. Uh, so we're in charge of that, uh, the, the training session, um, the reporting of of those players. Mind you, if it's a home game, everyone's at training, and uh, it's like Sean Ontong, who is who is, I'd say the main assistant because he he's the one that organises the training sessions and delegates. Um, I'm also in charge of the attacking set pieces uh, or set plays, um, the individual development programs for. For the players, I'm in charge of that, and I have the other two Japanese coaches under under me help. We actually work together, and that could be on field or video review, uh, depending on the week. Uh, so things change um, quite. I have changed quite a bit for me, um, but yeah, that that they're the main areas, and also during the week, during the training sessions, uh, I may take possession or um, uh, passing or whatever it is. The main tactical part is always done by Kevin. Um, but I, I also say that with the, going back to defensive structures, uh, especially in the back third, uh, I do quite a bit of that with the players, with the um, individual development program. Um, so always trying to improve and, and, um, and give them the best opportunity to the players to be the best they can be. You know, one-on-one -on -one crosses, for example, you know, we work on those and, and they're, they're difficult, and, but the players enjoy it because it's something different. It's not, it, it's individualised as well. It's not just uh, a, t a tactical session where 
you know, as part of the team structure. So there's, there's quite a bit that goes into it, um, but complete, completely different to what I was doing at Adelaide. Does that bring a bit of, of frustration that you have that much time to be able to do all this and to really develop players and to really work onto every single piece of play, whether, as you mentioned, when you were in Adelaide, it was you, Cal, plus one. Uh, and so maybe you don't have the time to actually put everything in place that you would like to for, for the weekend game? To be able to work more with players is very, very difficult when it's when there's only three staff. There's um, four, five, so five main staff. And sometimes Kevin, if I'm doing uh, um, some work with some of the players, he'll be there as well, maybe giving some information as well. Uh, so it's not like he's gone inside. He's he's uh, out on the field um, to the very last kick as well. And it would be nice to be able to spend time with players. Um, you know, for example, uh, uh, Popovich or uh, Kane Vidmar, Tony Vidmar's young son, who is probably one of the best 1v1 defenders that I've seen in a long, long time in Australia, um, but uh, needs to improve in other areas. But we don't have the resources to be able to work with these players. Yeah, because you see the talent and you're thinking if you had the same yeah, resources, That's time... Absolutely. And, I, and the, I, I tell you, the biggest difference here, the amount of passing that the players do before and after training and simple passing uh, is, is phenomenal. And the biggest difference um, with, with the passing here is, is pass like it is in Europe, uh, where the ball doesn't bobble. You want to give the players the best possible opportunity to become the best players they can be. And, and also for the club, you know, Adelaide United is a, is, is a selling club. We're not a club that's going to be buying players. Yes, we've got some good foreigners that have come in that can help our younger players and, and they help teach the younger players. But also those players need to learn or want to learn as well, uh, those senior players. So we've got to keep producing and, and, and selling players. We're not part of a, a, a big group that we can bring in a lot of players all the time so and we take pride I, I, I know like i said i'm repeating myself but we take pride in producing players in south australia and and them going on to bigger and better things and yeah, there is there is talent everywhere in australia yes also australia definitely has a uh as a strong uh bringing of, of young players last last question russ you you're saying that no one has a as a day off in japan as far as player goes do you have any day off as the assistant coach <laughs> <laughs> For two, I, I, I learned, I quickly realised for two months there was no day off. And it was, it's, it's better for me because I'm without my family and it's very difficult. So when I've got time uh, on my own, it's not nice. So it, it was fine. But it, I found it really strange um, that everyone is in. And I mean everyone. The, the sporting directors are in. The, all the assistant coaches are in. Um, you know, the, the, the goalkeeper, the two goalkeeper coaches, everyone is in all the time. So when you do get a day off, um, you know, I, I'm sure that they enjoy it, but they don't complain. No one, no one complains. Everyone helps out. Uh, they, they're very clean and tidy over here. Um, you know, it, the, what I've seen, even with the sports director, to shift the goals, the sports director is out there in the morning when we're setting up. Uh, helping shifting goals, uh, yeah, preparing the amount of equipment that we've got is phenomenal as well. Um, it, it, it's it, it's great, it really is. But yeah, no, not a lot of time off, which is better for me.
<laughs> yeah, for probably our distance. Rust, thank you so much. That, that's awesome. Obviously, you you seem very happy at Yokohama, and I uh, really appreciate you giving us the time and, and giving us that interview for us to understand a bit more what's going on there and, and what's going on for you and uh, and football. We, we look forward to uh, to hopefully seeing you one day coming back to Australia and and bringing all that you learn to to the football here. I'm sure it can only get better for for Australian football if all those influencers are, are coming back to make football better here. I appreciate and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Ras. Thank you. So that was Ross Aloisi talking with our French correspondent, Jeremy McGon, about a whole bunch of topics there uh, from his playing career in France, uh, which I know Jeremy was just dying to talk to him about. So it's great to get some insight there on that from him. And uh, yeah, of course, the new role with Yokohama there and uh, leaving Adelaide United and, and John Aloisi, his brother, and the success with Western United. Really terrific interview. And um, of course, Front Page Football, we are uh, really grateful for um, Ross's time and joining us on the podcast because, uh, as you heard there, he has been really, really busy um, getting into that hectic schedule with Yokohama. So, um, yeah, really appreciate the time that Ross gave us with the interview and uh, absolutely looking forward to having some more special guests uh, featured on the Front Page Football podcast. And speaking of the podcast, make sure you are checking out us checking out us checking us out apologies on spotify front page football podcast we have been really just like ross we've been on the grind as well uh posting a whole bunch of podcasts recently and uh even earlier this week jeremy was on there with myself and ian pulzinski uh to talk a whole bunch of stuff from milos ninkovic the wanderers uh some french oz french oz football transfers and uh also a little bit about usain bolt who um (laughs) as uh, a real idiot anyway but uh you can you can go listen to get my full thoughts on some of his comments on his failed stint in australia there and uh yeah once again thanks to ross great work from jeremy and uh make sure you are checking us out on spotify i will hunt you down i probably won't i don't know how i can do that so forget it just just do it yeah just do it follow us on spotify okay thanks anyway that's it from me and uh hopefully we'll be on this feed back on this feed sometime uh, next week as well don't know what we'll talk about yet maybe uh there'll be some interesting transfers to talk about in the a league's off season uh to uh, react to as well so anyway that's me signing off and uh, we'll see you on the next one soon